Welcome to Inspiration from American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is part one of the 1960s. On January 21st, 1961, John F. Kennedy gave notice in his inaugural speech that things were about to change in America. Let the word go forth from this time and place, he said, to friend and foe alike, that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans, born in this century, tempered by war, disciplined by a hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage. When Kennedy ran for president, some Americans worried that as a Catholic, he would let the Pope dictate national policy. They need not have been concerned, since the Massachusetts senator was not known for his piety. As his presidency played out, the national media cast it in romantic terms. JFK was the youngest elected president in U.S. history, and his even younger wife, Jacqueline, personified elegance and their two children charmed the nation. JFK found the romanticizing amusing, but he allowed the perception to stick because it was favorable. John Kennedy was essentially a pragmatist with a deep commitment to secularism. In previous generations, American leaders ruled from a moral foundation, based on Judeo-Christian principles, even if they didn't always follow them. Kennedy and his circle, however, followed the philosophy popularized by John Dewey and William James. According to pragmatism, truth is relative and must be decided on by each person on the basis of its usefulness. Pragmatists thought of society as a machine. If its parts were understood well enough, it could be made to work. Kennedy was not a believer in the Christian doctrine of original sin, or therefore the need for divine redemption. He thought most problems could be solved using reason, and that people were motivated more by goodwill based on common sense and the common good than on having to answer to an almighty God. He didn't seem to understand that many issues are largely moral or spiritually driven. It became much more apparent, however, when various Southern public officials turned attack dogs and fire hoses on peaceful civil rights demonstrators, including children, and when activist Medgar Evers was gunned down in the driveway of his Mississippi home. Filled with the spirit of violence, the perpetrators could not be reasoned with. An especially tragic example of this took place in September 1963 when four little girls died in the bombing of their Birmingham, Alabama church. Martin Luther King Jr., also the target of threats, understood the moral and spiritual dimensions of civil rights. 
He cast their deaths in a Christian light and appealed to the goodwill of Americans to change the great evil that was befalling the country. It was enough to make Kennedy think twice about always being pragmatic. There would be a great deal more death and fear in the coming days and years of that decade. On November 22, 1963, while President Kennedy rode in a motorcade through Dallas, Texas, a sniper shot and killed him, unleashing what Sidney Alstrom called a concert of grief such as human technology could never before have made possible. It was the first time that a U.S. president had been assassinated since McKinley, 62 years earlier. And the way the press, officials, and the public responded were very different. No one in 1901, for example, was subjected to a relentless replay of the shooting on television, or the arrest, then murder, of the accused assassin, along with coverage of the funeral and procession to Arlington National Cemetery with all of its terrible solemnity. Many Americans did little else in those days besides watch TV coverage. Also different was the way in which Kennedy was remembered and mourned. President McKinley, an ardent Christian, was hailed as the son of the true faith who had gone on to his heavenly reward. If Americans were wise, they would follow his example. The Kennedy funeral revealed a paradigm shift in American thinking about death. While Kennedy was mourned as a Roman Catholic with a requiem mass, there was a curious blending of the sacred and the secular in tributes made about him. The emphasis was on Kennedy the man rather than Kennedy the man of God, and instead of giving a sermon, the Most Reverend Philip M. Hannon read selections from Kennedy's speeches and prose. A few of those included biblical references. On the way to Washington aboard Air Force One, Lyndon Johnson was hastily sworn in, but no one could find a Bible for him to place his hand on while taking the oath of office. Someone finally located a Catholic missile in JFK's desk, and it was pressed into service. As Kennedy had said at his inauguration, the torch had passed to a new generation of leaders, secular men, who preferred reason to religion. Thank you for joining me for Inspiration from American History. I have also written a series of novels about great American revivals, including the latest, Sweet, Sweet Spirit, which is set in the late 1960s. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.